You're listening to a Serena Happy Mind podcast. You can also subscribe to the Serena Happy Body podcast for health-focused meditations and talks, the Happy Sounds podcast for nature sounds, or if you'd like the background on why these meditations work, you can listen to the Serena Happy Life podcast. Close your eyes and allow me to be your guide. Let my voice direct your imagination. Relax your body and imagine that you are a pilgrim and you are embarking on your pilgrimage. It is long, long ago, and you find yourself walking through a deep and wooded valley. You can see the mountains rising high into the clouds above, and as you walk, you are passing through a thick wood. It is a dark and frightening forest that you're in. This is the wilderness that is evoked in the fairy tales of your youth. It is a place of misfortune and monsters, of sickness and fear, of betrayal and oblivion. But don't worry, we're not going to stay here. We've all spent enough time in this forest. So imagine that your trail has taken a turn and it switches back and forth and takes you up a steep mountainside. You quickly leave this first valley behind and before you know it, you have crested a ridge and are making your way down into the second valley. Just picture the scenes as I describe them. Populate them in your imagination with what you see. This next valley appears at first to be totally fantastic. Just off the trail, you see everything that you most desire. Your wildest fantasies are fulfilled in this valley. Look into the distance. What do you see? It'll be different for everyone, but perhaps you might see piles of gold or a vision of your life as a celebrity. Or maybe it's just a nice house and a big car. Maybe it's something more sensuous. But take great care as you pass through this valley. And whatever you do, do not leave the trail. Keep listening to my voice. Keep walking. Don't enter into those memories or fantasies of your desires and dreams being fulfilled. Chasing any of these visions will lead to an endless transit between seas of fire and dull intoxication. Only a life of suffering can be found in the false hopes of this valley, and if you stray too far from the trail, you may never find your way back. So we aren't going to tarry in this valley any longer either. Hustling along your journey, you leave the temptations of the Valley of Desire quickly behind as you ascend again up to a high ridge. Picture this in your mind. Picture yourself hiking along a sharply rising trail to a saddle along a sloping ridgeline. Imagine after you reach the ridge, you drop down the trail into the next valley. 
You see, on each side of the trail in this valley, schools and universities of every description. Shrines to learning and knowledge line your walk in this valley. Telescopes, libraries, lecture halls, scientific labs of every discipline tempt you with their promise of answers to every question and an endless improvement and increase in your power and comfort and control. But your pace quickens again. Reason cannot lay claim to ultimate truth, and the promises of knowledge will prove fruitless and endlessly distracting. You mustn't tarry here for long, or the diversions will subsume you permanently into dullness and pride and solitude. The trail ascends again, and before you know it, you have begun your descent into the fourth valley. The weather is becoming progressively worse as you descend. By the time you reach the valley floor, a wintry tempest is blowing full gale. The wind has scoured the landscape so thoroughly that it is laid bare. It is nighttime now, and yet the sky is faded and dusty, the stars barely visible. Picture this in your mind. The valley itself seems to encompass the whole planet, but as you look down upon the world, even the great seven seas are like puddles below you, and the continents like stepping stones. But it is the earth, the whole planet, down below you. Strangely, the wind and the cold feel like nothing to you. Amidst the turmoil and topsy-turvy of this valley, you are serene and peaceful and detached. Nothing seems unusual. You glance off to the side of the trail, and you see an ant flinging an elephant into the distance with ease. You gaze off to the horizon, and a great mountain range transforms before your eyes into a bank of billowing clouds, and then again into a pack of charging horses. You think nothing of it. It seems the most natural thing in the world. The solid and rational reality you take for granted as being the real thing is but a subtle surface. This surface, like scratches in the sand, will soon disappear. As you ascend to the next ridge, you begin to realize that you have ripped through this sandy surface and left the world as you have known it behind long ago. In the fifth valley, you find yourself standing beside someone who appears to you to be a great Persian king of old. Together, you gaze out across a vast plain below you. Stretched across the plain are row upon row of unconquered soldiers, cavalry, and elephant regiments drawn up on parade. On the mountainside beside your king and master, you gaze down upon the pageantry of an undefeatable army fitted out with the finest medieval battle gear and ornamentation. Picture that grand scene stretching out before you across the plain. Picture the pageantry, the weapons of ancient Khorasan, the undefeatable army, the cavalry, the elephant regiments, 
all parading before you. Picture this in your mind. The king turns to you with loving eyes and says, My son, or my daughter, though you be my slave, this army is yours. It belongs to you. Take it. Accept the crown. You hardly hear his words and find yourself suddenly unable to care any longer about the mighty forces you have just been handed. Something about this valley makes them seem meaningless, in spite of their grandeur and power. In light of the great king's gaze, the wealth and the control and the power that come with this army fade to nothing and are forgotten. Picture this great king beside you, so loving, so pure, so generous. See the light shining from him unreservedly. This is no mortal king. Indeed, his face radiates splendor and kindness so brightly that you feel your very existence blowing away. You are in harmony with the king. But suddenly you find yourself in the sixth valley. The king is gone, and with his absence this next valley is pitch dark. How many countless millions pray for the sight of such a king? How many lifetimes have been spent in pursuit of a moment like that? This king whom reason cannot claim and mortal beings cannot describe or name. How many hope for the patience and true knowledge of the way leading to him? Faced with the purity and infinity of such a king's love, both soul and mind are left bewildered. Faced by his radiance, your dazzled eyes have gone dark. Not even the wisest living person can understand or see his perfect grace. Not even the most powerful seer can discern the beauty of his face. And so you find yourself in darkness, a shadow of your former self, apparently all alone in this next valley. Thinking your journey was nearly done, you are filled with a profound grief for what you have lost. Now that the king is no longer beside you, you sense the profound emptiness of everything you understood to be real. And yet, and yet, and yet you find when you look with your inner eye, you sense that the love you felt a moment ago still fills you. You no longer see the king, but you still feel the love. In this valley, you see that you are a mere shadow, empty and in the dark, yet you are also full and filled with light. You are empty and full. You are empty and full. There is darkness and light. Darkness and light. How can this be? 
All alone, confused, and in unfamiliar territory, you kneel your shadowy self down to rest. You find yourself beside a small pool of water that's perfectly still. You gaze into the water and expect to see your reflection, except instead of the familiar visage you expected, looking back up at you is the very king you have longed for. He is you, and you are him. You are the king, and he is you. And your bewilderment evaporates as you realize that there is an inherent unity between you and the great king. Even before you have time to let this sink in, you find yourself tumbling into the pool. And through the pool, and alighting like a shadow in the next and final valley. Picture this in your mind. In the seventh valley, you have discovered the ultimate flawless jewel on your journey to oneness and illumination. The light in this last valley is lost to mortal sight. It is dispersed into what appears as nothingness until once more you remember who you really are. Who is that? Who are you? Ask yourself this question and sit with it. You have made the journey through the six valleys and arrived at the seventh and final valley. You can always go back to the other valleys and you can stay there in any one of them as long as you like. Be perfectly still and quiet and ask yourself what is the sensibility of this seventh valley? Be still and sense it. What is the sensibility of this seventh valley? Yes, if you're quiet enough, you can feel it. This vast emptiness of the Seventh Valley has the flavor of love. Love, love, love. Unconditional, infinite, and tender. You feel the love inside of you and all around you. It is there and it isn't there. It is empty and it is full.
in the emptiness of this love and nothingness, the love somehow also feels full. Empty and full. Love and love. Empty and full. Love and love. Empty and full, love and love. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Perhaps you are trembling now, or notice the need to tremble arising within you. Dissolution of yourself can cause that sometimes. Being in the Seventh Valley can have that effect on a physical body. So let it happen. If it feels right, just allow it. The substance of your being is coming undone as you are lost like shade before the sun. Listen to the silence. Sense the emptiness. Accept the love. 